there, Comic Clan, and welcome to episode 7 of the Comics and Cross podcast, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for today, as always, Cross, along with my partner in crime, Nitro, right by my side. Say hello, What's Nitro. What's up, guys? What's up, everybody? Oh, we've got a big one for you today. We are excited for this one. I think Nitro is even more excited than I am. Like he's He's been non I got my Frozen 2 mug, so I am down to clown. Yeah. He's got his frozen too. He is ready for this. This is going to be an all. There we go. That's who should be in next one. We need to get Elsa in the next one. Oh yeah. Um. So it's not a bad idea. <laughs> for anyone who does not know this, uh, this week's podcast, we are doing the superhero square go. And uh, for anyone who does not know what a square go is, hey Bat, how's it going, man? So How bad. you doing? Good to have you in the chat, bro. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know what a oh, speaking of Elsa. <laughs> behind you nitro and <laughs> um, so anyone who doesn't know what a square go is and um, that literally comes from my home country scotland if people were having a square go then that means that they are going to be having a fight and we have got seven fights for you planned for today we both nitro and myself are fans of mma ufc and it's kind of fitting since we had the return of ufc last night like ufc had their first event last night and however long they've been shut down so it's kind of only fitting that we do our own kind of like ufc event it's gonna be awesome so we pitched side note i watched some clips from last night Mm -hmm. and it was really awkward with no crowd (laughs) it's like you could hear every word they said after they fought it was just it was really awkward yeah it's like it's see ufc is now seeing what wrestling fans have been seeing for a while because wwe is apparently like is an essential business according to I don't know who, according to whoever decided that, but it's like you watch stuff like that, like big events that are meant to be done in front of crowds and empty arenas. It kind of kills them a little bit. Yeah, and and it's, I, yeah, it's so I, weird. I get it. The UFC is losing money. I get that they want to get guys back in the ring. They want to start making money again. But like, is it really worth it to get them in an empty arena? I I don't think so because it's extremely awkward. And there we go. Thank you, Ads, for joining us again today. It's my favorite time of Sunday. Hey, guys. Um, thank you, Ads, for joining me. Thank you for that compliment as well. I'm glad this is your favorite time of Sunday. This is one of my favorite times on Sunday as well, is getting to sit and talk to all of you. Um, so, yeah, we've got a big event planned for you. So I'm actually going to throw this up here because I've made a few different things. So just to get us started. Um, so you can see this is our official fight poster for the square goal, which I am going to completely shout out to my man here, Nitro. He made this. He threw this I had a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. He threw us together, and I, I think it's cracking. It's like, I think it is going absolutely, it looks absolutely amazing. I'm actually at the point, I was looking on our T Public store, and we can, like, put canvases for sale. Heck I yeah, actually kind of want to put that on a canvas. Like, I, I kind of want that hanging in my stream room. That's kind of sweet. That works. Like, I'm kind of wanting to do that. Um, so that is our um, most of our matches you can see on there we've not put all the fights on there we just put the major ones our co-main event is going to be Thor oh thank you as there you go Nitro Ad says poster is amazing appreciate it man um, so our main main event is Thor versus Wonder Woman because we thought that'll be an awesome fight and those are two names that would be a draw if we were booking a UFC card with superheroes that's two names I would love to see fight and that would be a draw whoa stream close up there <laughs> I oh, don't sorry know... guys i'm just i'm adjusting the video <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you guys see it on the stream but i literally he's on my other um mother um monitor on skype and i literally saw this zoom up in your face <laughs> <getting closer. laughs> freak me out <laughs> all right i think we're good now 
I did not. You need to warn me when you do stuff like that. I'm so sorry, dude. That. It keeps resetting for some reason. Um, and then also Rock. our co-main event for today is going to be Doctor Doom versus Sinestro, and uh, two of the best supervillains in comics, in my honest opinion. Yeah, he was running right at us, but absolutely. <clears throat> Just get geared up for the fight, yo. And <laughs> um, then one that actually I was kind of intrigued with when Nitro pitched it to me, and actually researching it, I'm dead excited for this one now. Is Johnny Blaze's Ghost Rider, the King of Hell version of Ghost Rider, his current iteration against John Constantine? I, researching that, I honestly got so hyped for that fight. Yeah, at first blush, you're like, really? John Constantine, he's not that great of a fighter, and he's a human. But, I mean, he has some pretty hardcore abilities, so. Yeah, and then I think our other one that's on the actual poster itself is World Breaker Hulk versus Doomsday. <clears throat> that's going to be a smasher. You know, Pun intended. That's. that's that's literally i started researching that one and i'm like oh i kind of think maybe that's going to be the main event because i don't know how we're going to top that one but we're going to see yeah. how this night goes and then we also have a few other fights we're going to add the square goal he was coming at me <laughs> yeah he was he was coming at us he's starting a square goal um so there is a couple of bits of news i just wanted to mention first of all um i'm not going to spend too much time in these because the fights are going to take a lot of it but there's a few things i felt like we needed to mention uh first of all DC has pulled back on the Supergirl movie that was in production, or mm. that they were planning to put into production. I forgot that was meant to be in production, but okay. Yeah, let, me <laughs> let me pull back up our podcast screen. Um, I completely forgot that was a thing they were talking about because I kind of, when they go, we're going to put this into action, I kind of ignore them until it actually happens because they've said that mm -hmm. about I don't know how many properties yeah. but apparently they've pulled that back with the purpose of doing another Superman movie about time and the main thing is saying is that Henry Cavill's apparently still on board so we could be seeing finally seeing a sequel to Man of Steel when it's did Man of Steel come out? Time. when did we see 2012 20, right? 20, 2012, 2013 something I like think. that Yeah. Um, so it's like it's nuts it has literally we are pushing 10 years since we yeah, saw 2013 and yeah. a solo superman movie like literally it's been seven years and like you like he's a gold mine <laughs> like superman is a gold mine like why would you just sit on that for superman's for a gold mine. henry cavill's a hotter property than he's ever been thanks to yeah. he's been appearing in mission impossible he just done the witcher series and netflix he, yep. he's a hotter property than he's ever been you need to capitalize on this, like seriously. There's no reason Agreed. not to. Yeah. My drink for today is not our sponsor, but it is a caffeine drink, Coke Zero. Nice. I would love Coke Zero to be a sponsor for this channel, but there's See, no way in the awesome. world. There are bigger channels than us that have tried and failed, so I doubt you're going to be the <laughs> ones to get it. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the big thing out of DC right now. There's nothing much more to say on it, really. That's all we know at this point. But I felt like it was a big enough thing because it was been so up in the air. Like if it was actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> the other big bits of news are both Star Wars related. Okay. I think and I know where you're going. I've probably seen these. So the kind of the lesser one I'll say now because it's not a surprise that it's happening. But apparently, Taika Waititi, whose name I have probably butchered because I butcher most names like that, um, has apparently now been put on to co-write and take the lead on a new Star Wars movie that's going to be hitting the cinema. I didn't hear that. That's awesome. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes again. Taika Waititi's another guy who's on top of his game right now. He really came to fruition when he, you know, done Thor Ragnarok. He set up to do um, Thor Love and Thunder. He just done, what was it, 
Jojo Rabbit or something like that was the other movie he just done yeah, yeah. he won awards for and stuff so mm-hmm. he's another property that's you know on top of its game that's doing amazing stuff right now um, he's big with Disney you know he's been working with Marvel so he's in the Disney room so I'm like I'm not shocked if somebody like him's getting a shot at Star Wars yeah I'm just intrigued to see what comes out of it because obviously like the Skywalker saga is now done like episodes 1 to 9 are finished that's the end mm-hmm. of the Skywalker saga you know you even see I like, feel like they're gonna I feel like they're just gonna retread it old ground like just from a different vantage point it kind of like Rogue One um I don't know it's I'm interested to see what they come up with for it but I'm like I hope it's something fresh in here and they've proven that fresh and new stuff from Star Wars is a big property because that goes into our other topic for the um, Star Wars news and um, like the Mandalorian was a massive like shift in direction for Star Wars and it's been a huge success yeah but if you want to speak about old ground being tread we're going to have another Mandalorian appearing in season 2 of Star Wars yep. as it has been announced that Boba Fett is going to be reappearing it's going to be the actor that played Jango Fett in the prequel trilogy which makes sense because Boba Fett is meant to be a clone of him yep um, so it makes sense I, I completely am blanking on his name I will be honest uh, he played, I know he played in Moana right <laughs> Did he play in Moana? I thought he was one of the voices. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Aquaman. He was Aquaman's dad. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say is, um, but yeah, it's like he's as cool to see him coming back. He's a good actor. I I love Boba Fett. I'm all for you know seeing more Boba Fett stories. I'm glad that they're keeping the original, um, expanded canning on Boba Fett that he survives the Sarlacc pit. Because um, obviously Mandalorian is set after Episode Six, The Return of the Jedi, where he falls into the Sarlacc pit. So I'm glad they're Sarlacc. Tamora his... Morrison, I think, is his name. Tamora Morrison. There you go. And it's yeah. not a Sarlacc pit. I don't think I'm, or as I literally can't remember what he fell in. I am blanking on Star Wars names today. Apparently, is my thing. It's a good thing that's not the main part of the topic. So, um, dude, he did play a Moana. He was Moana's dad. I knew it. I knew really, it. he played Moana's yeah. dad as well. I knew that was him. Um, so he's coming back to play Boba Fett so this has got a lot of people talking obviously this has got a lot of people talking because Boba Fett's a hugely popular character Gar- Garlic Pit? <laughs> <laughs> I might need to fact check you on that one but so I might need to... <laughs> pretty sure you just made that up <laughs> so I like there you go yeah so I like there we go I'm gonna say Garlic Pit and I'm like okay you're you're trying to rub me in that one um, <laughs> sounds like a Family Guy episode yeah, but this is this has been a big topic of contention now for the Star Wars universe because obviously like Boba Fett is a massively popular character. It, literally, his his story ends with him falling in the Starlight Pit. Simply, be- and that was it because they wiped out the rest of the uh, continuity. Um. So, like, it's, a lot of people are happy to see him coming back, but there are a lot of people now who are kind of like do we really need him to show up in this? What role is he going to play? What part is he going to play in it? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I, I don't want to say it, like, because Boba Fett's been a fan favourite for a long time. Yeah. But the popularity that Mando got in The Mandalorian My- in such a short amount of time is, like, mm-hmm. people want to see his story and yeah. the child's story continue. Do you really need Boba Fett in that? It's like, is basically it's coming across like does anybody care 
Yeah, like what is he going to add? Like what type of credibility is he going to add to the show that it doesn't already have on its own? Because the only thing that I can see happening is like we've seen the Mandalorians be on Mando's side. Like when they joined in the fight, when they tried to escape with the child, we saw them coming into the fight, we saw them coming into the fray. That's cool. Is Boba Fett going to follow in line with that? Or is he going to end up being an enemy to Mando? And my my issue with this is, with it being a square going all, let's talk about the fact of what everyone's going to expect, that there's going to be a fight. Yeah. I agree with that. I think they should have uh, kept that a secret until, yeah. um, until they aired it. My problem with it being a fight, though, is there's only three ways it can go. Boba wins. Mando wins. Or stalemate and they team up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of those works because either you destroy the credibility of Boba Fett by having him lose to Mando. So mm-hmm. you destroy the credibility of a character who's been around for decades. Yeah. You destroy the credibility of the hero of the show, Mando, by having Boba, Be- Re- Boba Fett wreck him. Mm-hmm. Or it fights to a stalemate where the two of them battle each other and then it's like, oh yeah, we should probably team up, which is the most overtread thing in any sort of action sci-fi fantasy genre these two guys are similar but we're going to have them fight and then oh no we're going to team up instead it's like it's so overtread and i'm like i don't i don't there's no point to it i don't see a purpose to it this is just my personal thing on it if people are excited for fate coming back and what could happen by all means but i just i don't see a good way out of this i just i see it like they're going to end up fighting because of course they are Mm-hmm. And there's no way out of that. There's no, there's no good ending to that. It just makes me think. I'm, I'm all ha- more than happy for Boba Fett to come back. More than happy for him to do something in the Star Wars extended universe stuff. But I don't mm-hmm. think him showing up here is, is a good thing. Unless it's a cameo, yeah. in which case, why did you announce him? Just let it yeah. be a cameo that surprises everyone. It's not like yeah, that's that's watching. what I was saying. Ad said something cool. He said it'd be kind of cool to explore the Sith. Um, like back in the day, uh, we said Darth Darth Reven and Darth Malgus. I, I think I, it'd be kind of cool to go like way back, like thousands of years, um, and do that. I'd be down for that. Like as I posted recently, if any of your friends on Facebook with me, I reposted um like the story of Darth Maul, like through all the different content, like Clone Wars and Rebels, as well as the movies and stuff. And seeing what they can do with him was just phenomenal. I'd love to see like expansion of more of the Sith characters. That'd be great. Yeah, I felt like it was a joke in the movie. So I haven't seen I haven't seen the uh, the animated show um, when he's like fighting Ashoka and stuff, or Ashoka or whatever her name is. No. But what do you what do you think about it? Just Bat says as well. Like I believe they should have kept teasing it over the next season or two. What do oh, you I think, agree. What do you think about the the possibility of Boba Fett showing up and how that plays into the Mandalorian? I mean, I like it. Like, uh, like you said, though, I, I think um, the show already had its own credibility. I don't, I don't know why they have to introduce an, an already established character that has kind of already had his go. Um, yeah, I mean, if they were going to introduce him, I agree with that. I think they should have kept it a secret until the actual show, because that's a that's a pretty big reveal. Yeah. Because I think you could, I think you could have got away with that. Because I've already, there's already been hints that Ahsoka Tan is going to be in it, played by Rosario Dawson, that she's going to make her live action debut from the Clone Wars. Um, 
so it's like is that that's the big thing that could draw people in for this season you literally don't have to mention boba fett it could have just been a surprise but yeah um, and Bat says they're going to team up uh, to retrieve the dark saber and try to find out how he took it from Sabine Wren. That'd be interesting to see how they do the dark saber thing. Dark saber is something that appears in the Clone Wars, so I know very little about it because um, it's in the Clone Wars show. Um, all I know really about it is it's something that Darth Maul ends up getting um, and using. It's basically a dark bladed lightsaber. Hmm. Excuse me, but that would that'd be interesting. I think. Sorry, my coke view was a little gassy. Um, so yeah, but I think that's kind of the big, big news. I did, I did want to mention one thing. So I've been following. So Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, James Gunn apparently put a huge Easter egg in the movie. I know you guys have probably heard about this, and apparently to date, nobody has found it. Well, there's this YouTube channel that I follow, New Rock Stars. They kind of break down Marvel movies, like it's it's really intense stuff. Um. They have kind of cracked the Easter egg, and James Gunn himself has even said that they have gotten most of it. So basically, the the thing is, every time you see a planet in Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, there's coordinates, and the coordinates actually mean something, and they tell a story to Peter Quill. And every time he plays a song on that cassette tape that his mom gave him in the movie, it's her talking to him. What they think the big Easter egg is, is that his mom is actually Eternity, the the um, Celestial. Um, and when they are, I, I don't know if you remember the scene in the movie, but when Peter Quill puts his headphones on Gamora's ears, and they're standing in front of that, that circle window, and you see space out you know, out there, mm-hmm. they're standing in the that Celestial's head, that get decapitated head. Yeah. When when ego was formed, he said he was just a floating brain, basically. So what people are saying is that head that they were in was actually ego's head, and what they were looking out at was eternity. So basically, her, his mom and his dad was looking at them. This is really intense, and James Gunn even said that uh, they're on the right track. So that thought that was really cool. I was going to say like his mom being eternity that would freaking change the whole thing yet again. Yeah. Like that's. Well, if you remember in the second one, like when like Ego touches his forehead, he says, I can see it. I can see eternity. And like, I don't know if you know, in the comics and eternity, it's just a silhouette. But in the silhouette, it's like the solar system is in the silhouette of eternity. Mm-hmm. And in his eyes, it was the solar system in his eyes. So it was a nice little callback. Nice. That's, but, I'm kind of intrigued to see if they get any further with that then, especially yeah. if Gunn has said they're on the right track with it and see if that plays anything. That's a cool little Easter egg, actually. Yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) Hey, that's good, man. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great one. All right, so we are going to head in. Oh, actually, there is one more thing I was going to announce. Um, So some of you may have seen it posted. I know um, Nitro's posted it in the Discord and has been posting it online a little bit. He is currently working on a phenomenal art piece um, that we are actually going to be doing a giveaway for on the show. Um, It's not complete yet. But since he's already posted this on like Discord and stuff, you can see it there. And um, I'm actually going to throw it up on the screen right now. Um, yeah, and shout out, by the way, sorry to cut you off cross, but shout out. If you want to follow our Discord, you'll see stuff that you don't see in the show. Um, we post and we chat back and forth to each other. We share artwork. We share just general news and stuff. So yep, just FYI. I'll throw it up in the chat there if you want to join our Discord. I'll be honest, I'm really bad at staying 
up to date on the Discord. Like I'd usually try to do good with the social media, but Nitro is a legend. He's been blazing it on the Discord. He's doing an amazing job. Um, and he shared this, and this is this isn't complete yet. This is a bust of he's doing busts of different Batman Batman suits. So in the end, it's going to be a sixteen by twenty poster, and there's going to be thirty different busts of different Batmans, different universe Batmans, different timeline Batmans, all the different stuff. So it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. So this is just a little taster. We've got eight Batman here. It's the one that he posted up in the Discord. So I just snagged it and I thought, let's show people and give an idea what they want because we're going to be doing a giveaway for it. The people in the comic clan have an opportunity to win this. An original piece of artwork from Nitro. Um, you've seen the stuff that Nitro's done before along with this. The guy's a legend, amazing artist. He's done all the sort of art for the channel. Um, so th I, I don't even know all the bat suits he's putting on here. He's mentioned a few more to me that's going to go on here. I honestly don't want to know right now. I want to kind of see it when it's done um, and see what he does with it. But definitely keep up to date on our Discord and our social media. Tune into the show to find out how to win this piece of art because um, it's absolutely awesome I think he's done a great job with it guys so give him a shout Appreciate out it. in the chat as well alright so we are moving in to nope. I just noticed from the art on top if you remove the ears Batman looks like a space ghost <laughs> he does he does he that's does. hilarious yeah, he looks like a space ghost undoubtedly he's probably uh, an inspiration for that I imagine <laughs> but so we are moving into the square go so um, it is time to jump in to our first match of the day we're coming in with the stats here so I want to hear you in the chat when we throw the matches up I'm going to be throwing them up on screen who do you think would win what do you think about our analysis that we're going to give you we want you guys 100% involved in this and um, so there's going to be seven matches so let's throw up our first match our opening match for the evening is going to be Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes versus Spider-Man Miles Morales. There we go. Two young kids from their respective brands, two legacy characters carrying on the legacy of their mentors. Um, Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, taking on the mantle, the third person to hold the Blue Beetle mantle. Um, sporting... Although he's taken on the mantle, he's the first person in the Blue Beetle lineage to sport actual difference from the others. The other guys were guys in suits with technology and mm -hmm. different things. Jaime Reyes, however, has a scarab that was attached itself to his back from a species called the, the Reach, which basically used it to take over someone on the planet and use it as an infiltration so that they could basically take over, enslave the planet, take all its resources, all that sort of stuff. And it's basically integrated with his nervous system. Yeah, it is completely yeah. attached to him 100% of the time. He cannot remove it. In fact, he's a bit of a reluctant hero because he's being taught how to use this for good, but he does not want to use it. He wants to um, get it off his back is generally the thing. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, actually appeared in the Ultimate Universe comics for Marvel. Um, he was bitten by a slightly different spider, although it started off the same way as the one that bits um, Peter Parker in that universe. And this allowed him to have slightly different powers from Peter, but again, he started off as a reluctant hero. He did not want those powers. He did not want um, to have those, but was kind of inspired and spurred on to um, take up the mantle once he saw Peter Parker die at the hands mm -hmm. of the Green Goblin in the Ultimate Universe. 
and felt guilty because he he was there he could have helped and chose mm. not to so peter parker kind of became his uncle ben and you know that he saw something he should have done and didn't and it cost someone's yeah. life and takes on the mantle the ultimate universe very much follows the mcu the um, Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. are highly involved in the Avengers or the Ultimates as they're called in that universe and mm-hmm. um, so they get basically Nick Fury takes him under his wing and he starts getting trained and mentored by the Ultimates in that universe when he comes over to 616 after Secret Wars he basically is able to meet up with Peter Parker he's met him before and got his blessing but now that they're in the same universe he gets he starts to get some training from him and how to be a Spider-Man and his his powers are are similar to Peter Parker's, but they vary in some aspects. My understanding is that while he does have like a spidey sense, it's almost more of like a precognition. It's like on a different level. It's like on another level than Peter Parker's because it, it basically, he, he can go into almost like a dreamlike state and he sees exactly what's going to happen. In addition, he also has like, he can basically have electricity come out of his fingertips. So in addition to those two things, like he has all the acrobatic abilities, super strength, super speed, uh, super senses that, that Peter Parker had. We got like serious scratching. Is that better? Yeah, still getting it a little bit. Alright. Don't know what's going on with it. Sorry, technical difficulties. All right, but yeah, so, so yeah, so his spider sense is slightly different from Peter Parker's. Yeah, that's sounding better, dude. We don't hear anything now. Okay, we're good. Um, yeah, so his spider sense is like it's a precognition, but it doesn't react as quick as Peter's. Like his is literally right before something happens. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he does also have what he calls a venom sting, where he's able to like electrocute something with his fingertips, and this doesn't yeah. just. Yeah, we got it bad, thanks. Yeah, it was... Nitro's mic's having a wee bit of trouble. I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, like, yeah... Is, this, is it working now? Yeah, it's working fine now. Okay, cool. Um, So he's able to shock people. He's able to electrocute people with his fingertips. Um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be a person or an object that can conduct it. He can electrocute pretty much anything he chooses to with it. <laughs> <sighs> That's balled up, Bat. <laughs> yep, Bat says nope, still bad. I can hear Nitro still. LOL. All yeah, right. Thanks, Bat. Thanks for the support. <laughs> so one thing to kind of set the stage for the fight, both of although Miles Morales is um he has, has been trained by the Ultimates, which I actually did not know that part. Um although he has trained, I think they still they're still kids. They're still like, you know, teenagers, mm-hmm. not even eighteen. So we got to think about their experience a bit. Like they're still a little bit inexperienced when you're talking about seasoned heroes, like in their 30s, 40s, 50s type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're both. I mean, they're both still kids. They're both still teenagers in high school. They're you know they're still young kids getting to it, and both affect their lives a little bit. So the lives are very affected differently with this because like whereas Miles was very reluctant at first, he did not want to get involved in it. And the superhero life, he's taken it in stride and became a hero. And you know, he's gone through a lot of the roughness that you see in life. He's seen like his uncle, who was a prowler in the Ultimate Universe, be killed. Yeah. Um. Jaime, on the other hand, is he's kind of been at a place where he's he's almost been just had to kind of go along with this. I always felt 
reading some of the Blue Beetle comics, like I always felt like Jaime is the guy who really does not want to be the hero, does not want to do this. And there's a whole thing of the the fact that the scarab that's on his back is actually sentient. It's just talking with him. It discusses with him. And it's designed to kill. It's designed to basically turn him into a weapon. The way the scarabs usually worked would be they would basically take over someone. Like, absolutely and completely and use them to rip apart a planet. Mm-hmm. But Jaime's scarab was damaged, so, like, although it connects with him and has the ability to take over, like, in battle situations, um, he still has pretty much full control. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's, that's one thing I did read uh, while studying him a bit, is, like, there have been situations where the scarab is just completely taken over. He's like, you know, you're not doing what I want you to do, or I'm taking over. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the scarab basically was one of those things like it couldn't take over, I don't think, unless he allowed it to, and had mm-hmm. to give it permission to. Like, even in fights, he would give it directives, because Jaime's very much uh, do not kill. Yeah. But, like, the destructive power his suit has is crazy. Like, it can form itself into weapons. It can form wings for him to fly. It can form usually forms blasters and guns on its hands here. My understanding is that he can basically create any weapon out of his suit that he wants. Pretty much. It's, yeah. This, this thing is designed to destroy. Yeah. You know, and... I think with this first fight, I think it would be an interesting matchup and an interesting battle. I think... We would definitely get a lot of speed, a lot of agility, not as hard hitting as some of our upcoming fights. Yeah. The thing I think it comes down to for me between these two would be between Miles's downfall would probably be his lack of experience mm-hmm. against something like this because he is fighting an alien tech. This is something he's yeah. not really faced before. For Jaime, his letdown would possibly be the fact of like how sort of thing of like how unwilling he is how much he does not want to be in this i think can i've seen it hold him back before yeah and certain comics and i think that would be it i think he would be scared to pull the trigger to like finish the fight not to, not to lay all my cards on the table but i i'm leaning towards miles on this one um because my, my understanding is that like blue beetle is immensely powerful mm-hmm. right and the ai and the scarab is ridiculously smart um but my understanding is that it can be taken off like that scarab can be taken off and it has been before i believe unless i'm incorrect um if if that's taken off it's done it's over jaime is just a normal kid and i think people underestimate spider-man's strength like Mm -hmm. how much he can how, how much force he can generate um just by himself not to mention that you know with his web slingers and any momentum or anything like that i'm thinking if he gets that if he gets a good pull and he can pull the scarab off it's it's a done deal yeah if he could get the scarab off definitely the thing is the scarab doesn't really come off yeah like even when the suit comes apart it's like the scarab's there usually under his clothes Mm -hmm. it's attached to his nervous system yeah so like if he pulled the scarab off, chances are like he's probably going to kill Jaime because he's probably going to pull it. He's like spine with it. Yeah. Um. I think for me, what it really comes down to is who, when the fight comes to its conclusion, mm-hmm. who's in control, Jaime or the scarab? Uh, that's a good point. 
I think that's what it comes down to for me in this one. So you're saying if the Scarab is in control, then Miles is a dunner. Yeah, I think if Hanley <laughs> yeah. is in control and he's trying to fight and he's trying to take control of things, I don't think he's got the experience and skill to take on Miles. Mm. If the Scarab takes over, even without killing, I, I don't think Miles can face it. It's, really? it's designed for warfare. It's designed for fighting. It's designed to find weaknesses. And it can use is able to use its weaponry and artillery better than than Jaime is in himself. So, for me, this one would come down to who's in control. If the Scarab takes over, Blue Beetle, hands down. Easily. If Jaime's in control at the end, then I think Miles can outsmart him. Hmm. At least that's... That's a good take. Yeah, 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 that's a good take. I think that's what it comes down to for me for that because the scarab like coming off isn't something that can really happen and there is ways to have to get it off I do believe but the whole premise around it is really like he's stuck with this in his back because that's his whole journey yeah. is learning to work with this thing that he can't get rid of and... yes so I think to your point I think it depends on who's going to control this blue beetle and I also think it's it depends on is Miles um, willing to kill mm-hmm if he's willing to kill, I, I legitimately think if anybody could remove the scarab, I think he could just because of the yeah. amount of strength that he has. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to go down that road with it about who could act, if it was coming down to actually killing. Yeah. And um, then I think Miles would be able to remove the scarab because the whole thing of the scarab not being removed is mm-hmm. that basically they want to keep Jaime intact. Yeah. But yeah, if it comes down to just removing the scarab, the only thing he would have to do is find a way to get it to de-armor so he just had the scarab to deal with yeah because the armor comes out from that and covers Jaime's whole body yeah if he can find a way to get the armor down and get it just back into the scarab that's on his back I, yeah he could definitely pull it off 100% yeah I think his spider strength would be capable of that yeah so I think the conclusion is not to end this super quick but I think the conclusion is who's in control of the blue beetle and are both willing to kill <laughs> pretty much and, and that's it it comes down to is it a fight to the death and or is it a fight to incapacitation yeah and if it's a fight it? to incapacitation then Blue Beetle gets it if it's a fight to the death I'm leaning towards Miles yeah leaning towards Miles if Jaime's in control I still think if it's a fight to the death and the Beetle and the Scarab's in control Super Strength isn't going to do much against the artillery that the, the Scarab has I will say though Miles has um because I was reading about his regenerate, regenerative healing, and it is on par. It's actually better than Wolverine's. Like I, he obviously can't grow limbs back and stuff like that, but he is not borderline immune to basically any attack. But he can withstand a lot. Yeah, yeah, he can. He can definitely take up on one. And and we've seen that in previous Spider-Man stories with him or with um, Peter, like having that spider ability. Like they can take a heck mm-hmm. of a kick in and still come back. Yeah. So it's like for me, I yeah, for me, I think it definitely comes down to who's in control. Okay. But Miles definitely has a chance with the strength if it's down to kill and Jaime's in control. Miles gets it hands down. If that Scarab's in control, I just think it's just too. It's designed for that, and Miles is just too inexperienced. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. I can understand that. At least, that, at least that's my take on it, anyway. Yeah. Um, so in the chat throw it up as well who do you think would win Blue Beetle or Spider-Man do you have any questions on the characters anything you want to know before making a decision 
go ahead and ask. Um, but yeah, who do you think would win, Blue Beetle or Spider-Man, their first round match? I would say that this would be a heck of a fight. Like, this would not be a quick fight. This would be a very long, drawn-out fight, I think. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like I, I literally pitched this fight first to open the card um, because I was honestly thinking of, like, a wrestling card. You know, I've yeah. got a, a background experience of being a wrestling fan and training in wrestling a little bit and stuff. Um, I honestly thought it you want to send out a great match you want to open with an awesome match that's going to get the crowd hyped that's going to get people excited that's going to get yeah. that's going to set the tone for the rest of your night and i think miles and and jaime that's they, they would be able to do that like people would watch this be excited at the match it'd be high flying yeah. it'd be athletic it would be all over the place using mostly speed to wow people I mean, just look at their outfits. They're basically luchadors. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like it's it's that high-paced match that gets people yeah. excited and then you build up to, like, the big bruisers that are later in our card. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Cool. So, so, yeah. So, I think we're kind of in agreement in that then. Like, it kind of depends on a few factors that we want to throw yeah. in um, depending who wins it. Um, I'm interested to hear about our next one because our next one might be a bit more clean cut. As I throw it up there, our second fight of the night is going to be Winter Soldier versus Red Hood. Oh, shoot. This one was like, this is, when we started talking about matches, this was like the first one that came to my mind. It was like, I want to see Red Hood and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I know you're a huge um, Bat Family fan. Like, I know you, like, the the breadth of knowledge that Cross has about the, the Bat Family is, is incredible. And I know, Jason, I believe... Uh, Red Hood is one of your favorites. Oh yeah, um, Red Hood is like hands down my probably my favorite DC character. I yeah. love Nightwing. I love Red Hood. I love Tim Drake. I love like not so much Batman himself, but like any of the sidekicks that he's had, I end up loving them. Um, and Red Hood is absolutely my favorite. He is the the Robin that trained to basically become like a you know a anti hero merc that's on kind of the wrong side of the law, so he can get the job done that way. Um, so yeah. kinda, I've always been a fan of his and then Winter Soldier of course shot to massive popularity um, with the MCU obviously but we are not using the MCU Bucky we are using comic book Bucky I want to say as well yeah and full transparency I didn't know I basically didn't know anything about Red Hood I had seen Under the Red Hood the movie and I knew the character I knew who he was which if you've not I, seen it go watch that movie it's yeah, amazing awesome awesome animated movie but I'm gonna just just a little bit of the backstory and Cross please uh, call me out if I get anything incorrect so Jason Todd was the second Robin after Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. Jason Todd was a troubled youth um, who was going to go into foster care until like Bruce took him in as his ward. He kind of trained him in everything he knew, all his martial arts, detective work, all that stuff. Um, so he's basically Batman. Like he's been trained in all the stuff that Batman's been trained in. Um, so he, in, in Death in the Family, Jason Todd is brutally beaten by Joker and then he's basically supposedly killed by a bomb and batman is just seconds too late um he's raised by the by the lazarus pit um by the help of um talia Ogul, i believe mm-hmm. um he is basically trained in like there depending on who wrote him uh six to twelve different martial artists that he's like proficient in yeah um he's basically batman but he's not afraid to murder <laughs> yeah it is he's, basically what it comes down to yeah he was basically trained as a kid by batman so he's got that same baseline training that like dick grayson and tim drake have and mm-hmm. um, being trained by batman himself 
excuse me and then after his death he was raised with a Lazarus pit and then essentially did the training that Batman did like training around the world training in all these different things all these different fighting styles he's one of the most proficient martial artists in the DC universe and And from what I was reading he's borderline metahuman like just he's at peak physical strength and ability yeah I mean he's right up there with Batman for that because Batman himself is almost like considered a metahuman by some just on what he's capable of and Jason Todd isn't that far off him you know it's like whereas like I think someone described it as like he's basically skill level is the same as like Nightwing as Dick Grayson the only difference is that Dick Grayson is a lot more acrobatic and athletic in what he does Red Hood is a lot more ground and pound run straight through street fight sort of style of guy yeah um, and then also as well he's got proficiency in working with others and leading he's led teams of his own he's obviously got his friendship that we've seen in the comics recently with Arsenal before he was killed off stupid mm-hmm. DC um, as well <laughs> as leading um, his own team of the Outlaws on a couple of occasions the first time round with Arsenal and Starfire second time round with Artemis and Bizarro which makes for known as the Dark Trinity kind of mm-hmm. under the cuff which I'm like because they're all related to to the trinity in dc yeah yeah like bizarro being like the the crap copy of superman who everything's uh-huh. kind of backwards and then he still likes superman he's got all superman strengths and he's got abilities he's got stuff but he's he's also mentally a kind of like a child yeah and then artemis who herself is an amazonian and they're all working with jason and i'm like yeah that's a that's a pretty rough team <laughs> Yeah, and he he obviously by looking at him you could see that he's armored. Like that helmet that he wear that he wore is was designed by Taya Ghul basically. Oh, yeah. Um it's it's obviously bulletproof. He's proficient in weapons. I forgot the firearms that he has, but they're customized. He has two oh. of them. Yeah, he's um, like usually his main firearms are his his handguns, but like yeah. he he's got like a military base of weapons practically. Yeah. All right, so just switching over to Winter Soldier for a bit. So, yep. like like Cross said, we're not going with the MCU version of Winter Soldier, who is was actually endued in, in, in with the uh, Super Soldier Serum. So the Winter Soldier in the comics was not. Um, the reason he didn't age, really, because he was kept in cryogenesis when he wasn't um, sent on missions. Um, he has obviously had decades of experience through all those uh, missions that he's been on with military experience. He's expert at hand-to-hand combat, trained in all different sorts of weapons. And the uh, arm, depending on you know which cannon you're looking at, is made of vibranium or it's just a, um, it's a cybernetic arm, but it gives him super strength either way. Yeah. Um, also, he's able to fire EMPs out of it um, from what I, what I read and what I gathered. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so... Winter Soldier is another one of these characters. The reason this is such a great thing isn't just the fight that it would prove is that both of them were um, sidekicks to basically a top-tier character in their respective comics. Bucky Barnes obviously was a sidekick to Captain America. Mm-hmm. He was alive during World War II, fought alongside him, was killed during that. And Bucky Barnes actually was only brought back recently. I mean, it's only been 15 years or so he was brought back. It was like 2003, right? Yeah, it was like early, mid-2000s. Um because like in marvel there was basically two rules don't bring back uncle ben and don't bring back bucky barnes yeah yeah like like, he was literally one of the rules in dc until ed brubaker went ask for it yeah and and brought him back and dying did he bring him back basically taken over and um taken in by the the russians 
mind wiped and put into assassinations mm-hmm. kept him on ice whenever they weren't using him but for any big massive assassinations he was the guy that they brought out he's been military trained even prior to his death and prior to them getting him he was military trained i mean he fought alongside captain america even if he was a kid mm-hmm. you know which they think about oh yeah cap's taking a kid out there and i'm like well he must have been able to do something yeah if he was fighting alongside him Mm-hmm. let alone the military training that he was given by them he's proficient in weapons just like when we're so uh, just like red hood is sorry um decades of experience as well from multiple different organizations multiple different people that he's fought alongside fought with also as well as led his own team he's um a former leader of stuff like the thunderbolts has worked alongside black widow worked alongside the avengers took on the mantle of captain america for a short period himself mm-hmm. it's like the history of these two is like ridiculous all right so who you got cross i've i've got to give it to my boy i've got to give it to red yeah it's, i know shock and horror to the whole the, the whole <laughs> audience here that i'm picking the guy who's one of my favorite heroes but I've, I've got to give it to Red Hood. I just, I think Red Hood's experience and training is just so much above where Bucky is. Don't get me wrong, I think it would be an awesome fight. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? I see these two brawling, I see them shooting out, I see them sniping each other, I see them literally hand-to-hand beating the snot at each other. I see broken bits of armor, I see that cybernetic arm getting ripped apart, I see them yeah. literally destroying each other. Yeah. But I just think the amount of training that Jason has gone through, trained by Batman as a kid, trained by the League of Shadows when he was resurrected and going around the world training, um, it's like he's, I think he's just going to be more proficient. Yeah, I mean, at, at first when this was pitched, I can't remember who pitched it, but I think it was you actually. Yeah, I think that's one was 100% this, me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, Winter Soldier all day. He has decades of experience. He's a, he's a vibranium arm. Like, he would destroy Jason Todd. Um, Red Hood, whatever. But the more I researched it, and I actually looked up uh, what other people thought about this fight, and it was overwhelmingly like 90% Red Hood. Yeah. And I was like, why? And then just the more that I researched about his his training and, and, and all that stuff, um, I, I think I kind of have to agree with you with one caveat. I think if Winter Soldier had time to actually prep for this match, like he knew it was coming up, because of his experience with espionage and being a spy and being an assassin, I think it would give him the upper hand. Mm. Um, but if it was just they met on the street and yeah. it's going to be a bloodbath, then I yeah, I would give it to Jason Todd. I don't know if I would give it to him by a mile, but I would give it to him. Yeah, I don't know if it would be a mile win. I don't know if it would be like an out and out like yeah, oh yeah, he's overwhelming Winter Soldier. But I'm like he's the one who's going to do the who's going to push it further than Winter Soldier is. Yeah, He's I mean the fight. level. The, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Cross. No, you're but the, the level, the level of physical strength and ability that Red Hood had, I, I, I underestimated. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was at that level. Yeah, um, I just, I don't think Winter Soldier would be able to keep up at his sort of. So. Yeah, I had to say, and I agree. Red Hood would come out victorious. So I vote for Red Hood. Hey, Sora, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Yo, glad you could come and join us. We're doing our superhero square goal. We're facing off superheroes and supervillains against each other today. So what do you guys think then? Who do you think would take it, Winter Soldier or Red Hood? So just in conclusion, but I think both Cross and I agree that Red Hood would probably take this. I, um, Red Hood, I would I would agree with you if it was prep time. Yeah. I would give it if there's prep time and Soldier was sniping. 
if he had a chance to take out Red Hood, one clean shot. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he was, if he had prep time, he if, wouldn't even really let it get close. Yeah, if he had that prep time to do his, to literally snipe and assassinate him, then yeah, he would probably take it. Yeah. But if anything else happened, like even if he missed that, I would say Red Hood gets it because like if he misses that one shot, there's no way he could bounce back. That element of surprise would be the only thing I think would tip it for him. Yeah. Sora said he said all the Captain America characters suck. <laughs> wow, you're ripping apart the whole Captain America side of the Marvel universe there. Wow. All right, so we are moving into match three then. This is one. All I've right, been this one was this to. one is interesting. So this, this is going to be, be Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, and current version of him, which is the King of Hell, versus John Constantine. I didn't realize how excited I was going to be for this fight until I researched. I think this is one that you pitched. Yeah, and just full transparency, I was looking for cards for for good matchups online, and I came across this one, and I was like immediately, dude, this is fantastic. And this was before I really knew a whole lot about John Constantine. I knew a little bit about Ghost Rider, not the King of Hell version, but I knew a little bit about him. But Constantine blew my mind. Yeah, and then all full transparency, kind of looking up on like Ghost Rider and looking up like Johnny Blaze King of Hell, it's like his power set doesn't seem to be too different. No, it doesn't. The only major thing I can see instead of a penance stare is literally a damnation stare. So it basically sends them to hell, I guess. Yeah, so instead of like, uh, making okay. them relive the horrible things they've done in their life for eternity, like he literally just sends them to hell with it. Dang. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> but but he also has the the armies of hell basically behind him at his beck and call. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's jump into this. So okay, this is the Ghost Rider that most people know. Most people think a Ghost Rider. They think Johnny Blaze. Mm-hmm. Um. There's been a few different Ghost Riders. There's been a bunch of Ghost Riders, but there's been a few major ones in the comics. Johnny Blaze is always the major one that comes back. Um. The other major one is being Danny Ketch. Um, who kind of pops up here and there. I don't even know what happened to Danny Ketch from the last time he appeared. And then the other major one, who's the big one they're pushing the now, is Robbie Reyes, who's the one that's in the Dodge Charger. Yeah. Um, so Ghost Rider was kind of brought back. He, jo- Lose my words a bit. Johnny Blaze was kind of brought back along with the, uh, the Spirits of Vengeance comic that they dropped a little while ago, which was basically him, characters like him and Blade and stuff like that. He popped mm-hmm. up back there. Um, I know very little about that comic. I didn't totally get into it. Um, excuse me, but he kind of showed up in that. And that was his okay. first like real bringing him back. The whole becoming the King of Hell happened when he, um, during the Damnation storyline, which is basically... Um, uh, following um, what is it, Secret Empire when like Captain America went bad and stuff Las Vegas was basically destroyed Yeah, a bunch of people were killed Doctor Strange decides he's going to resurrect Las Vegas using magic mm. and when he does this, this brings up this massive tower in the middle of Las Vegas which is the penthouse Mephisto lives there Mephisto is Marvel's version of the devil yeah um, and basically says like yeah well they appeared in hell they're mine when you brought them up here you brought me with them too oh okay when they're fighting him basically he starts to make a bunch of the Marvel heroes into Ghost Riders um, because Ghost Riders work for Mephisto yeah they're meant to be his harbingers his people 
Um, so when they go to face off with him, I'm not going to go into the full story on Strange's side, but like on the other side, Johnny Blaze arrives and he goes to he basically shoots up the side of the building, goes to face Mephisto, and he takes away his Ghost Rider powers mm. and throws him from the building. Only he doesn't like fall towards the sidewalk; he falls further and is sent straight down to hell. Dang. And him and the Ghost Rider part of him are actually separate for a little while, and he actually has to convince the Ghost Rider to rejoin with him. Which he does so that they can basically, wherever they landed in hell, he decides we're going to fight through the seven circles of hell to get to Mephisto's throne. Dang. Which is currently unoccupied because he's on Earth. Yeah. So he literally, they get some assistance from other people, but he literally fights through the seven circles of hell to go and sit on the throne of hell and become the new king. Good grief. Which, of course, then Mephisto is locked up by Doctor Strange at the end of their battle, so he can't return there. Mm -hmm. So Johnny Blaze is literally sent on the throne of hell. There's further stories where he um, has to go back to Earth, chasing demons who try to escape because they're still loyal to Mephisto and all this stuff, but he is basically sitting on there with the full hellfire power. Yeah, so I don't think it needs to be said, but he's obviously a superhuman. He mm -hmm. has superhuman strength, stamina, agility when he's the Ghost Rider. Uh, he obviously has regeneration. Yeah. Um, he can do demonic magic. He has he's like he can do black magic basically. He does have the damnation stare, like you said. He, my understanding is he can also do dimension or inter interdimensional travel, mm -hmm. um, and he can also increase his size. From what I understand, yeah, that as was well. an, that was an interesting one. I didn't realize it was like this version of him can increase his size as well, which I'm like, okay, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and just to go into his background a little bit further as well, for anyone who doesn't know, like, and how he is the Ghost Rider, if you've ever seen the Ghost Rider movie, they actually have it pretty close. Um, the only difference is that Johnny Blaze actually loses his father early on, and it's actually the person who runs like the fairground that him and his father were like that his father was like a stunt driver for mm. actually takes him in and that's why he makes a deal with the devil because he's the one that gets cancer and mm. Johnny doesn't want to lose a second father figure so he makes a deal with the devil that he'll, you know, if he saves him he can come calling with whatever he wants in return. Yeah. Just like it plays out in the movie, they actually got that spot on of like the guy ends up dying and from other causes after the cancer's cured then the devil comes knocking and wants him to be his new ghost rider. Got it. And Ghost Rider, uh, Xanatu, I think it is, is the name of the spirit of vengeance that lives in yeah, him. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that lives inside him and basically helps those that are innocent, helps those to get vengeance. It's basically the whole point of him. And originally, we was talking about the damnation stare, but originally has a penance stare, which you can force people to relive all the worst things they've done in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, just to throw that in there because I've read how he became king of hell. But just in case anybody doesn't actually know, like who the hell a Ghost Rider is, because he's <laughs> he's not a massively known character. Not everybody yeah. saw the Nicolas Cage movie, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> hey, don't you dare crap on Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and, and no, he is wacky and back crap crazy. And... <laughs> um, um, all right, so no, on you go, you too. No, I was gonna go. All right, so let's go over to Constantine real quick. Yeah, let's like so... Constantine up. All right, so full transparency, I did not know a whole lot about him. I knew there's obviously he's in a show on the CW, I believe. Um, he was in Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, I believe, in the show on CW. Yep. He's a he's a regular human, but he possesses immense control over the dark arts, like dark magic, occult magic. Um, 
he he can summon demons. He can summon golems, which is basically an entity that he can basically create from nothing to fight for him. He has control over the dead. He's really he's a master manipulator, and he's extremely cunning. He's outsmarted, I believe, the devil and God. I believe both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he can create illusions. He also has this thing. Uh, it's called the synchronicity wave um, that he can kind of tap into. It's basically he 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 can be at the right place at the right time. Uh, he has the uncanny ability to do that. Um, and the only weakness really that I found for him was that he was human. <laughs> yeah, basically that's it. Is he's got an amazing amount of abilities, but at the same time, yeah, as a human going up against a definitive, I don't know, demon. I was going to say it's like more yeah. than human, but like yeah, he's pretty much Ghost Rider's pretty much a demon, but um. Yeah, so Constantine's Constantine, I loved reading about his backstory. Such a cool yeah. character. Yeah, uh, mother died. It's really tragic. If going going by the Hellblazer story and not necessarily the New Fifty Two storyline, which is DC's kind of like, hey, whatever one you want works at this point. Yeah. So I prefer the the Hellblazer storyline personally, uh, where his mother died in childbirth. His father was very abusive. Blamed him for his mother's death. Um, his father, I think it was, ended up dying in a fire. Um, the only one he had left was his older sister. He'd born in Liverpool, spent most of his life growing up in London. Um, he started getting involved in dark arts and dark magic. We see a little bit of it in the CW shows that um, he was trying to protect a girl named Astra. It was his first face-off with a demon. Um, he was trying to fight a demon and summoned another demon to fight, to fight them off, but he didn't have control of it as much as he thought. So the demon that he summoned actually took Astra to hell. Mm. Um, he's had a long, rough life. And there's been points in his life where he's had cancer as well and all this other stuff that's happened to him. Where he then found out that apparently it was a twin brother that he didn't know about that was like, that I think was in hell. Yeah, apparently. So he choked his to, twin brother yeah, that like was in it, his that mom's was womb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he choked out his twin brother in the womb using the umbilical cord mm-hmm. um, and that child basically was down went to hell and then he's been trying to reach out to John ever since and every time he tried to reach out to John that's why every bad thing in his life ever happened yeah. to him like getting cancer yeah. and all this other stuff was all a result of that which I'm like dang I'm like oh my goodness this is messed up yeah. <laughs> so, it's a freaking messed up series man when you look at everything but like, so I, I was Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. And and just like you said, he's a master of the dark arts. Um, he's a magician. He's a, um, he's taken on numerous demons, numerous different stuff. Made numerous deals with demons and hell and different stuff, all in an attempt to save his soul. We actually got out of going to hell because he managed to basically bet demons against him. Mm-hmm. Who like he basically made a deal for his soul, but then he also placed his soul to another demon. And they realized yes. that they could never kill him because it would cause like a civil war in hell of people trying to get hold of John Constantine's soul. Yeah, he basically tricked one of the demons into healing his cancer so yeah. he wouldn't go to hell. <laughs> yeah, and they ended up healing his cancer because of it. Because like, if he dies of natural causes, like, there's going to be all-out war in hell for it. I'm like, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I, also, I forgot to mention, he has the ability to place sigils on himself or other people to protect them from specific types of magic or uh, or spells and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's a super important ability for this particular fight. For this fight, when you've got the King of Hell plus all the armies of Hell that Ghost Rider controls, like, yeah. 
so let's go for it then who you got in this fight i'm gonna have to go with constantine dude um and the reason i say that is just the immense amount of magic um that he has access to uh i don't think ghost rider from my understanding has the ability to um kind of drain magic or drain the ability to do magic from someone um, I think the first thing that Constantine does, or the first thing that I would do if I was him, would put a sig- I would put a sigil on myself to protect myself from that stare, whether it's the penance stare or the damnation stare. Um, and also, my understanding is that Constantine has the ability to siphon magic from someone. Mm-hmm. So I think with that ability alone, um, and the ability to summon demons to help him and also to produce Gollum to help him produce Gollum's not Gollum from Lord of the Rings but a Gollum to help him um ah man I'm gonna have to go with Constantine because the more I read about him the more I realized just the uh, almost borderline limitless amount of of power that he has yeah it's like it's it's kind of crazy like I didn't realize just how much power Constantine had access to um, from what I understand I, I know I keep saying that but I read that he went one-on-one with dark side for a little bit <laughs> um that's intense you know yeah the guys the guy's absolutely powerful i've got to give it to constantine as well yeah i just not even just for the magic he's got i think for the reason i give it to constantine has got to be the fact of it's his intelligence yeah it's not mad, yeah it's not just his magic it's like he's always got a plan he's always got a way to play he's a he's an english grafter he always like throws people against each other he always like he's almost like a con man yeah which i think is actually one of his job descriptions that he's a con man yeah how wouldn't he have unlimited power and control the demons but that's the thing so i've got to say it's probably going to go to constantine because yeah like ghost rider has control of all that stuff and even without summoning demons to help even without all that stuff from constantine I just think he's always got a plan. He's always got a workaround, and he's always good at doing it on short notice. He's yeah. He's fought demons, and in all honesty, he's fought demons that are probably a lot more powerful than what Ghost Rider would be. Because mm-hmm. remember as well, as Ghost Rider's the king of hell, he's got all this power. But Johnny Blaze is very inexperienced at that level of power. Yeah, he's very new. Even like in comics years, he is very new at having that. He's only been in that role for a couple of years. I will say to um, to kind of lean in Sora's direction a bit. If there's any way that Johnny Blaze could take away some of Constantine's magic abilities yeah. or abilities to control demons or um, spells of any type, he's just a human. Like he really doesn't have a ton of fighting ability, so he's he will die immediately. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> like he's he's a human, and it's like and yeah. that's it. if he can see if he can summon away some of that ability and use a yeah. damnation stare. And drag Constantine to hell. It's yeah, like, he's done. There's only so much ability he'll have once he's there and he's in his domain. It's like I think, but I think for me it's Constantine. I think I've got yeah. to give it to Constantine. Just reading some of the stuff he's done, some of the things that have happened is he's capable. But it would be a close fight. Like I honestly think Constantine would get out by the skin of his teeth on that one. Yeah, like he would just make something fall into place that would work. All right, we're going into match four then? Yeah, let's do this. Match four, Deathstroke the Terminator versus Bloodshot. Mm. This is a good one. This one I'm freaking hyped for. It's like this is this is one that you would need to have in like an empty city or something. This would be collateral damage city here. Yeah. Both so, men are super soldiers. Both men, assassins. 
I did not know anything. All right, so I know you guys know this from from our previous podcast, but I grew up uh, on Marvel, so I didn't know anything about Deathstroke. And the more I read about him, I'm, the more I'm like, dude, his power is literally like limitless. <laughs> or what he's able to do, his abilities are just like in, in, limitless. Definitely. Sora said it, death hands down. Definitely. This, this would be a crazy fight, I think. Um, do you want to go into the powers and abilities for them first? Or? Yeah, let me uh, let me pull it up real quick. So, um, so Deathstroke, obviously his suit is an advanced armor suit. Um, he basically, anything that's, that's less than a fist size does nothing. Um, he's obviously a super soldier. He has super, a, su- a type of super soldier serum that, that he has been administering on. So he has super strength, speed, senses, agility. Uh, he has advanced healing. Yeah, I don't know if he can, he can't regenerate limbs, um, but he has very quick regenerative, regenerative healing. Um, and because of the loss of eyesight uh, in his right eye, he has advanced, like he can hear better. Like he had like super sensitive hearing and, and his other senses are like super fine-tuned. Um, he's obviously an expert marksman. Uh, he's an expert in all different sorts of weapons and he's an expert hand-to-hand combatant. So he's basically a killing machine. <laughs> and he's gone against pretty much everyone in the DC universe. Yeah, I mean, he's... He, I mean, for Deathstroke, he was, you know, as a teenager, he went into the military. He lied about his age, went into the military at just 16 years old, was able to outdo the other people in his class, like, ridiculously. He was doing stuff that was they were not capable of. When he went into military bases, it's like he was showing them all up. He was just... He's always been trained, always been designed for this. Mm-hmm. Um ended up marrying his commanding officer ended up getting married to her and depending on what story you go with Deathstroke if you go New 52 or not he lost his eye due to his um, spouse shooting him in the eye Um, or she was killed by people who basically invaded their house and then when he went after the people who had attacked his house and tried to take his kids that he then went after them and one of them got a lucky shot off but it was pretty much the only shot they got off. I kind of like the second story. I think like I, mm-hmm. the first one's kind of cool because like it's, you know, like his wife realizing like how despicable he actually is, but um, Destro like could just taking on those guys. It just to protect his family. Like it kind of fits in with his personality, you know. Yeah. Because even as a mercenary and a killer now, he still has a love for his kids. Yeah. Um, three kids, obviously. Um. Grant, uh, Jericho, and what's her face? The new Ravager. An- Angelica? No, Adeline? No, that's his ex-wife. Never mind. Yeah, that's his ex-wife. Is it Rose? Is it... Whoever it is, she becomes a new Ravager. I know who I'm talking about. But he has three kids. He's got a love for them. Um, but yeah, this guy has taken on. He started off as a Teen Titans villain and fell in for when his son Grant was killed, taking over his contract to go after the Teen Titans. Um, but he's fought everyone. He's been. I don't know if it was retconned in, but basically he was trained by the League of Assassins a little bit. Mm, okay. Um, he's been linked to them, but he's also became a massive Batman villain. Or although he's kind of, from what I was seeing, he seems to be more linked to a Nightwing villain, which makes sense huh. because he started fighting the Teen Titans. So he's fought Dick Grayson since then. 
Mm, yeah. But he has gone hand to hand with Batman on plenty of occasions as well. Yeah. Um, he's also soloed the Justice League, my understanding. Yeah, I think at one yeah. point he did. I think it was like the B roster, the yeah, B or C roster of Justice League, but yeah, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like going hand to hand with Superman or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah. like he still took out like the Justice League at that time. That wasn't their best of the best, but like it's yeah, it's still something to throw about. So Ads was kind of dipping into Bloodshot a bit. So let's let's go over to him just a tad. Yeah, as um, in Bloodshot can withstand explosives and regenerate limbs. So yeah, let's let's jump into his stuff then. You want to hit his? Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. So um, Bloodshot is also a super soldier. He was injected with like millions of different nanites that basically can regenerate limbs. So in, in a slight difference from Deathstroke, where Deathstroke has advanced healing, Bloodshot can actually regenerate like limbs. Like if he has serious damage, like an arm blown off, he can just grow a new one. He also, which I didn't know before actually researching this, he can change his appearance because of the nanite. So he can camouflage himself or he can change what he looks like completely. Um, so he can change himself, basically his visage into another person. Um, he is an expert hand to hand combatant. He was in the military, um, prior to the super soldier stuff. Um, and he has super strength, super speed, super agility, just like Deathstroke. Um, so I mean, it's going to be a good fight, man. He's an expert marksman as well. Also, something interesting that I didn't realize about Bloodshot before it was he's actually got technokinesis. The nanites allow them to hack into computers and access technology. Oh, yeah, technology that's, that's a good them. point. That's a good point. I did not realize it before I started researching that. Like, I know a little bit about Bloodshot, but I didn't realize that was actually an ability he had. It can actually control biology, too, from my understanding. Mm. The nanites, like, they can infect people. Yeah, so they that's, can infect... that's, a, that's, a, that's an important point. Yeah, they can infect other people as well. Um, yeah. Mostly known as Ray Garrison in his previous life, although depending on what stage of bloodshot you're at in the comics, like he said, he's mind wiped and restored, given his ability by Project Rising Spirit, um, who basically would rewrite his memory and basically tell him a new story every time he had a new assassination. So like he would tell like this guy did this to your family, went after this, so you're gonna have to go out there and kill him and send him out there, and then when he brought him back, mind wipe him and start all over again. Yeah. So um, Sora brought out a good point when he soloed when Deathstroke soloed the Justice League. I think uh, Green Arrow was part of that group that he kind of rock shop on. Mm, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, because contrary, contrary to the CW Arrow show, Green Arrow and Deathstroke are not on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Green Arrow. I think he's a great character, but like he's not on Deathstroke's level. Not yeah. not in the comic book version anyway. Yeah. And yeah, because I, I think Deathstroke has gone one on one with basically everyone who means anything in DC Universe. Oh yeah, like and kind of held his own. Maybe not one, but kind of held his own. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's pretty much the top mercenary and one of the top fighters within the whole universe, the whole of DC. I'll be honest, I had trouble finding a weakness because I, I was searching for weaknesses for everybody. I had trouble finding a weakness for Deathstroke. Um, I think for Bloodshot, his weakness is obviously like an EMP. If somebody does an EMP around him, the nanites are basically useless. Yeah. Uh, and if if somebody somehow um, his hearing is damaged, Deathstroke, then he's he's in a world of hurt a little bit. If he's battling somebody with any any semblance of a strength. Yes. It's an interesting fight, this one, because like, they're two very interesting characters. Who do you have? You got Deathstroke or Bloodshot for this? I'm going to have to go with Bloodshot. 
Um, and I think the only reason I would go with Bloodshot is the Nanites. If it wasn't for the Nanites and he was just a regular super soldier who had all the other abilities that Bloodshot has, then I would say Deathstroke. But I think um, I think the Nanites could would infect Deathstroke and just kill him from the inside out. That that's what I would go with. Um, I think it would be a battle. I think there would be some serious damage done by Deathstroke um, to Bloodshot. Um, but I think in the end, I think Bloodshot wins this one. Mm. I think I'm going to go the other way, actually. I think I'm going to go yeah. to Deathstroke. Depending what Bloodshot's nanites could do, because Bloodshot's nanites, if they're able to like hack any technology in his armor that Deathstroke's using, it would definitely give him a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, like the nanites actually infecting Deathstroke... If you look at like the Bloodshot Island and the stories following that in Valiant, like anyone who gets those nanites basically becomes an inversion of Bloodshot. Mm, okay, that so makes sense. The interesting thing with that would be even if he did try to infect Deathstroke, it would actually lessen Bloodshot's strength and actually just add nanites on top of everything that Deathstroke can do. Okay, so, so uh, he can't control the nanites with his mind. He can control the nanites, but. I th- to a certain degree like it allows him to tap into stuff to do technology but like if they're out of his body and infecting someone else they basically get they basically become bloodshot to whatever hmm. extent so i like did if, not know that and um, but in a straight one-on-one fight i just i've got to give it to deathstroke i think he's just got more training more experience as cool and awesome as bloodshot is and you know bloodshot can heal back from anything yeah and um, i think deathstroke would just take him apart and be able to continue on with what he's doing mm-hmm. I think chances are then that Bloodshot would like reform and the fight would just pick up again yeah but if you're going just off of that then yes I've got to say Deathstroke probably okay yeah I didn't know that um, I thought he could use his nanites as a weapon um, but if that's not the case then yeah I would go with Deathstroke yeah I don't think he can use it in a weapon in that sense he can use it to control technology but the only senses I've seen of it being in people as far as I'm aware is when people when he got rid of the Deathstroke when he was like um, cured of the Deathstroke nat, uh, the Bloodshot Nanites uh-huh. um, and he went back to just being Ray Garrison that the Nanites went back out there and infected a bunch of people Okay. and he had to actually go and basically drain the Nanites out of them and put them back into himself Okay. which he was able to do Like he once he had Nanites in his system he was able to touch them and basically draw them into himself but you couldn't like control that person. Got it. All Interesting. Right. So match five. I had a lot of research in this one. This is <laughs> this is one of the ones where I'm kind of like, I, I actually thought afterwards after research, I'm like maybe this should have been our main event because I'm like, <laughs> World Breaker Hulk versus Doomsday. So both of these fools, basically, uh, their power is, like, limitless. Mm -hmm. Um, They both have regenerative abilities, hardcore regenerative abilities. Both have, obviously, just, again, limitless strength, uh, agility, speed. Um, Worldbreaker fought the Marvel equivalent of Superman to a standstill and basically destroyed in uh, New York. Uh, Doomsday famously killed Superman. Um, 
And the thing about Doomsday is anything that kills him, he he always comes back, and he's immune to whatever killed him. And I know you brought out that point earlier across when you and I were talking, and I found that out too when I was researching. Uh, I don't know of any weakness on Doomsday. Um, the only weakness that I can think of with uh, Hulk is just blind rage. Um, that's not necessarily a weakness because that makes him stronger. So obviously his strength increases when he's when he's when he's angrier. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you what do you think? Any anything to add to those? Yeah, this this was a fight that the more I looked at it, I was like, this is the one that that I literally could go either side on. Yeah, and I think I said I think I said it to you. I think it depends on the setup around it. Mm-hmm. So let me a little bit of the research I did on it. So Doomsday uh, was created on planet Krypton by his father, like pre-Kryptonians, pre all of that stuff, to basically be the ultimate killing machine, the ultimate weapon. Which he did because he ended up killing his father and every other living being he could find. <laughs> um, he was locked up for a long time, strapped up, but the confinement suit he was in, he eventually managed to break free from and basically gave the Justice League a run for their money while still in his containment suit just with one hand free of it. Mm-hmm. He is single-handedly taken apart the Justice League, including, you know, n- no big members, just like Flash, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, Killed Superman... You know, it's so just a small guy. You know, the, you know, the C roster. Yeah, you know, not, not the major <laughs> roster or anything. The guy went blow to blow with the dark side and scared dark side. Yeah. Dark side hit him with his omega beams, which are meant to disintegrate anything that it touches, and they did nothing to Doomsday. Doomsday has no internal organs to injure. Nope. He has sheer mass. Yep. He's like sheer muscle. And I don't just mean like, oh, he's a you know, he's a fit guy, can bench press something. I mean like he has no internal organs, no structure, no skeletal structure to damage. Hulk hits him, he's literally just hitting a mass of muscle. Yeah. He can also breathe fire, which yeah. I did not know. <laughs> like, and he can shoot he obviously can shoot his bone projectiles. Yeah, and that's the thing as well is he can adapt during a fight like there's these bone projectiles can like grow and can be shot out and it can expand them and it can do different things to adapt during a fight and if you happen to kill him he just comes back like if you shot him in the head and he was killed not that that could kill him but using that example then you ain't going to be able to shoot him in the head again he's now immune to that yeah yep because uh i forgot who killed him but they basically turned him all the way down into a skeleton and he grew back who was that? Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Like I don't remember that one. Like the ones that are I'm thinking about were literally, literally the two times that they talked about that I looked up about him being beaten, were like after he'd killed Superman. Superman came back. He literally had to get um, Wave Rider, the time traveling superhero, to take Doomsday to the end of time and existence itself, where nothing existed. So that he would like pit her out into nothingness, which of course he then came back from. Yeah. And then the next time they stopped him, they didn't kill him either. They literally had him being split between like four transportation chambers constantly, so that no more than yeah 20... they split him up yeah so that no more than twenty five percent of him was in a chamber at a time. Yeah. 
I know at one point. So the the thing that I'm thinking about is um, Imperiex. Mm. He, he basically incinerated Doomsday, but Doomsday regenerated. <laughs> yeah, he just regenerated from. Su Superman has you know post uh, Flashpoint, <clears throat> he's ripped him in half, um, and he came back, I believe. Um, so yeah, he's been killed. He's he was curb stomped by a bunch of Kryptonians. Mm -hmm. He came back. So he's been killed numerous times and has come back almost every time, or has yeah. come back every time. He's come back every time, and actually, it's said that it's part of his DNA that he is going to come back. He doesn't have control over that; it just happens to him. Yeah. But um, then, on the other side of things, yeah. Worldbreaker Hulk isn't exactly a slouch. No. Like this would be a heck of a fight for a regular Hulk. Yeah. Worldbreaker Hulk is usually referred to as the Hulk that's in um, World War Hulk. But even then, World War Hulk isn't fully the World Breaker Hulk until the very end. Because World War Hulk has him at the strongest he's ever been. He's angrier than he's ever been, and he like, he just rips through the Illuminati, the guys yeah. who sent him to the planet, because, hey, the ship you sent me in killed my wife and kids, so... Yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> the guy goes blow to blow with Sentry, who is their Superman, literally to the point that they both punch themselves out of energy. Yeah. And he only goes full world breaker at that moment once he finds out that it was Meek, one of his own like close comrades, who actually set the explosion and killed his family. And he he gets so hyped up to the point that he starts like literally glowing and emitting gamma radiation. Yeah. He's went to this form a few times, about two or three. And in one of those is when he went to the dark dimension. He was on a planet there fighting Armageddon. Um, a guy he was battling with. And during that fight, he literally held the tectonic plates of the world that he was on together. Like literally one yeah. in each hand, holding them together. Yeah, and not to go full geek mode, but I actually did some research on the science on that. And somebody was saying it's like, each plate weighed like 150 quintillion tons. I didn't even know that was a word, but apparently it is a word. Yeah. So. So here's here's who I've got in this fight. Hold on. Let me let me set the stage real quick. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't I don't I don't want to cut you off. No. Go for All it. Right, go so for let's just say that this there's no prep time. Okay. And let's say it is to the death. First death. We're not talking about any fights after this. We're just talking about to the death mm -hmm. of either one. All right, so I just want to set that stage because Bat yeah. made a good point. So if Worldbreaker Hulk won, there's no way he could feed him when he returned. That's a good point. Yeah. So, so I will say that like if it was just completely fighting, like even like including Doomsday coming back from the dead, I would give it to Doomsday. Yeah, because Worldbreaker Hulk at his strongest and angriest would kill Doomsday. He would then be immune to it. Mm -hmm. and all that would happen would Hulk would get angrier I don't think he would have the intelligence or the intellect to stop him because the only way to truly stop him that we've seen is to trap him and I don't think that's something within Hulk's like wheelhouse yeah because the anger he, he gets the less intelligent yeah, it's he's just pure rage he wouldn't be able to think of the plan to that level he would just be too enraged so I would give it to Doomsday yeah. but under the basis that we've set it as one kill to a finish that's it, fight done Worldbreaker Hulk 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think Doomsday could fight up to that. I think it would be a hell of a fight. I think it would yeah. tear the planet apart. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think Hulk would get it because the angrier Hulk got, he would start wrecking Doomsday. And the fact that he's this big thing of mass, he would get ripped apart. Yeah. The only thing is, like, Hulk would absolutely have to obliterate him in order to kill him. Oh, yeah. I think Hulk would let. I think Hulk would literally be able to rip him from limb to limb if he got yeah. angry enough. Though, like, if you're talking World Breaker Hulk levels, like, it's scary how strong that Hulk is. And I think yeah. he could take Doomsday. The only thing that would happen is, like I said, if you were going beyond that, that Doomsday would come back from that. And he would basically be World Breaker Hulk. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you do? What does Hulk yeah. do after that? So, but yeah. if it's just going to one fight, one, like, you know, to the death, like, first fall, yeah. it would definitely be Hulk I would give it to. I think Hulk yeah. would take him. Yeah. It's, he's, he's, he's godlike, like, for uh, limitless power. So, yeah, I would have to give it to Hulk. But it would be a close fight. Like, even it in would giving, be a heck of a bruiser, even, man. Even in giving that to Hulk, I, I kind of like what we said with Red Hood and Winter Soldier. I don't think it would be like by Miles. I don't think he would take him like, like completely. I think it would be a close one. Hulk becomes Dimension Breaker Hulk. So Sora, we were talking earlier about. Uh, I heard I from what I was reading, there's there's a Hulk above World Breaker. Is that what you're talking about, Dimension Breaker Hulk? I've never heard of that before. But yeah, apparently World Breaker Hulk is not his. <laughs> I'm gonna go DBZ, but it's not his final form. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think if if he went beyond World Breaker, then yeah, one hundred percent it would go to Hulk. But like it's, I'm only going World Breaker for the fight, just because like it takes a lot to get him to that. Ah, just making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Dang <Yeah>. it! <laughs> but yeah, it's like World Breaker Hulk, though. I think yeah, he takes this one. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. All right, so but like we... you said, if 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 doomsday comes back it's over <laughs> all right so i'm going to go back to our podcast screen for a minute before we go into our co-main event and um, since we're at the hour and a half mark before we hit the co-main event it's a perfect time to plug some stuff and um, since you're all watching you'll want to know what we think about the two main matches and <laughs> um, so definitely go ahead and check out our sponsor who you can see above me here i never know which way to point in this freaking camera like because I always get because this is my right, but I'm like, but it's left, but it's right, but the camera's inverting stuff. But I'm like, and <laughs> um, but go ahead and check out our sponsor, Gamer Grain Coffee, number one coffee for gamers. There we go. Don't forget now that we are um, influencers, you can use the code Comics and the Cross to save five percent on any order. Just click on that link, go buy yourself some awesome coffee, and why not get yourself a Comics and the Cross mug and sticker while you're at it as well. And they are in our team store that are on the page. And I'm thinking of adding a cap to it eventually. I'm thinking of getting the caps on there. I was going to put them on the Teespring store, but it feels like it's going to take like a lot more effort to get them up there. But I think it'd be a lot easier to add them to Gamer Grind. So I'm definitely thinking of adding caps onto there. If that's something you guys want to see, by all means, go for it. Um, if you are looking for more merchandise from us, because I know you always are, <laughs> and go ahead check out our teespring store where you can find t-shirts and hoodies and various in various sizes and colors and so you can also find um, yoga pants or which you know of course my wife wears nothing but those so that was the plan that's what i'm wearing now exactly man. It's a bit, want to relax during quarantine get yourself some comics and cross <laughs> yoga pants and um, so go and check those out any of that sort of stuff goes to us and goes to support the channel as well as our patreon 
as I throw that up there as well. Anything through the merchandise, anything that comes through Gamer Grind using that percentage and using our link. Anything from Patreon or if you do sub to the channel, which we do have, you can now sub and um, share bits to the channel to cheer for us. All of that stuff is finances that come to the channel and all of those finances go towards making the show better, making helping us get better equipment, cover more stuff, whatever, you know, a ton of stuff that's going on. Yep. Um, again, I know that we're in the middle of a, a rough time with quarantine. Not everybody's got jobs and not spare money. Trust me, I understand. Every bit of money we've got is going towards, you know, taking care of our house. I've not even bought any of our own T-shirts yet because of the situation. Yep. Space Punisher Hulk. Space I, Punisher Hulk. I feel like is you're that making an, that Is up. that another joke? I feel like you <laughs> might be making that up, sir. Just a bit. Although now that you say it, I kind of want to say it. Ooh, Space, yeah, Space Punisher I'll, Hulk versus Cosmic Ghost Rider for the I next make, square go. I'm going to make a drawing with Hulk decked out as the Punisher. That's that's happening. There you go. Oh, and Bat says, I have to go. I'll watch you there to the show later tonight. Great show today. Thanks, Bat, so much. Thanks for the Thanks, appreciation. Um, sorry you're missing the main events, but definitely check it out. It'll either be up here to watch or we're going to stick it up on YouTube as well. Oh, and there we go. Bat throwing us 100 bits. Thank you so much oh, for thanks, those 100 bits, Bat. We greatly appreciate it. Every little bit helps, and we definitely appreciate that. This is a reach the top place in the list. This is the version. Comes from an alternative universe, and his appearance is much different from the other version. Holy cow, his forearms. Forearms. His feet. Well, now i got to look it up. All right, stop chucking stuff up, sir. I'm trying to read what you're putting Like ripping Deadpool's head apart, baiting Sabretooth in half, and strangling Doc Samson. This one here. Dang. There so are not as impressive in a Hulk scale, but there is one accomplishment space for a Hulk. Space Punisher Hulk has the as the earns in the number one spot as the strongest Hulk out there at some point in the comics, the not so jolly green giant. Uh, managed to brutally and easily murder six watchers, dang. Who are much stronger than the ones in Earth six one six, and each of them Sheesh. is as powerful as Galactus. Hulk killed three of them right off the bat and then proceeded to strangle the remaining three all at once with his arms. Dang. Well alrighty. <laughs> Alright, well we need to get him in a fight for the next square go then. That's All I did right. not even know he existed. No, I that one I did not know about, I'll be honest. I've not heard of that one, but I will be definitely looking into him now. Alright, so we're going into our main event now. Um so stick around as well. We're going to be talking about our main event and then after our two main event matches, and um, we're going to be talking about what's coming up um for the shows in the next couple of weeks because we've got some pretty big stuff happening there as well. Yeah. All right, so co-main event starts off with Sinestro versus Doctor Doom. Mm. This is—I don't know. This is just seems like a really interesting fight to me. This is this is one that you really pitched and that you were really excited for. So why don't you kick us off yeah. on that Nitro? You were. This is one of your big ones that you were hyped for. Yeah. So admittedly, I didn't know any anything really about either of these characters because I, I didn't grow up reading a lot of Doctor Doom or again DC in general. Um, so just a bit, a bit of backstory on either one. So Dr. Doom, he went to school basically with Reed Richards. Um, my understanding is that he is on par with Reed Richards intellectually, if not right below him. And Reed Richards is arguably the smartest man in the Marvel comic universe. So you, we can basically call him a super genius. Um, Dr. Doom, um, he has, He's, a, he's a, also a powerful sorcerer. Uh, I know Doctor Strange at one time considered him for the Sorcerer Supreme title. 
Um, he's an expert combatant. He, um, and he also he designed a suit of armor that basically gives him superhuman strength. Um, he's basically near uh, indestructible. He can fire energy projections. He can absorb energy. Uh, he can fly with rocket boots. And he has a force field generation. Uh, I could not find a weakness for Dr. Doom. None. Uh, and I searched for a very long time uh, everywhere. And I, could, I couldn't find a, a weakness. He's gone against... Uh, he's like the death stroke of the MCU. <laughs> I believe he's, he's gone against almost everyone. Um, he's just extremely intelligent. He's a wicked good fighter. And, mm-hmm. you know, his mom was a, a witch. So he has a history of, of magic and sorcery. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're right. He's he's pretty much taken on everybody in the Marvel yeah. universe. He's he went to hell to save his mother's soul and took on Mephisto. And mm-hmm. um, he took he during the Secret Wars event, he battled the Beyonder and tried to steal the Beyonder's abilities. During the Secret War 2015 event, and um, basically he used Molecule Man to recreate the universe mm-hmm. um, and create Battle World and make himself the God King Doom. Yep. This man has pretty much accomplished everything he can. It's like he, um, he tried to put together. He's put together many superhero, te- uh, supervillain teams, such as the Cabal, which was basically then an anti-Illuminati of like the smartest villains in comics, in the Marvel universe. He tried to put together a Council of Dooms after Reed Richards done that with the Council of Reeds, um, giving himself one of the Infinity Gauntlets for another universe as well during that. Um. Yeah, you name it. This guy has pretty much tried to do it. Yeah, he can basically do anything. <laughs> and then on the other side of things, we've got Sinestro, a former archaeologist on his home planet, who basically a Green Lantern landed there. He found, and the Green Lantern was unable to defend itself against, um, who the people who were attacking him. I completely forgot the name right now, but. Um, following that like Sinestro puts on the Green Lantern ring to save him, the Green Lantern ring goes to him he takes out the enemy and when the Green Lantern wants to get it back he basically leaves him to die mm-hmm. he takes on the role and becomes the greatest Green Lantern in the universe and becomes a dictator of his people although they think he's a saviour at first because he creates this magnificent city for them he then of course is taken out of the Green Lantern Corps and uses the people that actually killed the Green Lantern he originally met when he's put into the uh, the antimatter universe to create a yellow power battery mm-hmm. and a yellow lantern ring and to create yellow lantern rings for to create the Sinestro Corps. So instead of having the ability to overcome great fear, it was the ability to instill great fear. Mm-hmm. He then murders those people to make sure that they can't do anything to change his plans on the rings and he goes to war he takes on the being parallax um, and the two of them create the sinestral core filled with the most terrifying creatures in the universe and he has also been he's been possessed by parallax on multiple occasions right i believe he has been yeah, yeah. I, know, I know how yeah. jordan has i think sinestral might have been as well but yeah, this guy has basically taken on the biggest and baddest in the entire DC universe at times, mm-hmm. using the power yeah. of fear. Yeah. Which, one of the things I was thinking coming to this fight was, well, Doctor Doom's not going to have any fear against him, but it doesn't stop Sinestro using his ring. 
It the, it, need, that's correct. That's a good point. It doesn't need to be the opponent's fear. He has fought the Green Lanterns many times, and the whole purpose of being a Green Lantern is that they have to have the great the ability to overcome great fear. So yep. fighting the Green Lanterns, he's still able to use that. So the fact that Doctor Doom would probably not be f afraid of Sinestro, because let's be honest, he wouldn't. It doesn't yeah. stop Sinestro from using his ring and using it to its fullest potential. Yeah. So I want to point that out as well, because that was something I was thinking about, if that would be a factor. And from what I've seen in comics, I don't see that would be a factor. Yeah, that and that's what I've you know that's what I found as well. I don't I don't think that would be a factor, but that that like you said, it doesn't stop them from using the ring, mm -hmm. and using the powers of the ring. So who you got, man? It's got to be Doom. I agree, one hundred percent. It's got to be Doom. Like Sinestro is a great villain. I love the Sinestro core. I love the Yellow Lantern rings. I think they're a great villain group. I think he's definitely one of the toughest in the DC universe. He's a very underrated DC villain. And when compared, people talk about Joker and they talk about Lex Luthor, but not, people don't talk about Sinestro, and they should. Mm -hmm. He's definitely a worthwhile villain. But come on, it's Doctor Doom. How do you see the fight going? So let's say that they just come across each other on the street and Sinestro insults Doctor Doom's mom. So, bam, there's going to be a fight. Just How do you see it going? Fight. I see him overcoming him with just his intent intellect he's able to use anything that's round about him and then his sorcery as well yeah adds that extra thing which I, he wouldn't even need to tap into in my estimation but he can i just i think doom's going to think rings around him his, he's just too intelligent for it i there's got to be a way where he gets his hand on a green lantern ring a yellow lantern ring or the infinity gauntlet during this fight i because i mean if that happens i mean it's just bananas that would be terrifying yeah him with a green lantern ring well, my, my thing is... Because Green, Lan see Green Lantern rings are run by willpower. Can you imagine the willpower of Doctor Doom? Yeah, well, one of the one of the main strengths for Doctor Doom at every website that I read was his indomitable will. And the same with Sinestro, too. That's why he's so so good with the rings. But So, yeah, I, my, my thing is Doctor Doom sees this ring on Sinestro's hand and he sees the type of power that it's giving him. And Doctor Doom is obsessed with power. Oh, yeah, he'd want He's going to get his hand on that ring somehow. He's and gonna, he's intelligent enough to figure it out. Yeah, he's going to take that ring, whether it's, you know, like he bests him in the fight or whether he has to literally yeah. take it off of his corpse, he will take that yeah. ring. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, Agreed. I mean, there's, this isn't even a fight for me. It's like yeah. I, looking into this stuff, when you start to look at Doom, like li literally look at if you want to get a good backstory in Doom, read them the Books of Doom. The story of, is, literally the, is literally the history of Doctor Doom books of doom it is literally the history of dr doom and it is so freaking cool the guy is just awesome like I, if you've only seen him via the fantastic four movies or fantastic four cartoons even if you have not read comic book doom has never been put into proper it's never been shown in any other medium properly i really hope they do him justice when they finally bring him he, to the big screen I have said this, and I've said it to you plenty of times, and the MCU now that Thanos has done, Doom has to be the next big bad that we build. Yeah. The next three, four, five phases of the MCU has to build to Doom. Like I want to see God King Doom. Yeah. I want to see Doom at his best. But mm. I'm like, this this match, I'm like, yeah, this is Doom hands down. Like Sinestro yeah. is good. All day. Sinestro is good, but there's no way in the world that Doom's going to lose to him. No way. I agree. Yep, I agree. That's who I had to. I think it's gonna. I think it would be a quick fight. 
I, oh, don't, yeah. I don't even think it would go along. <laughs> yeah, like le literally looking at the matches before, like this was the match I was thinking this shouldn't have been the co-main event. It should have been Hulk and and yeah. Dempsey. It yeah. shouldn't have been this. Like this sounds like a cool fight if until you look into it and you're like, no, this isn't even a fight. Yeah, because like I was saying, like I was I was really hunting for weaknesses for Doctor Doom, and I couldn't find any. The I only mean, weakness that I think you could give for Doom is his arrogance. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Or they could bring in Ghost Hunter and the main bad guy there. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I think that's the only way that Sinestro could do it, was that Sinestro can be a bit sneaky, and if he can use Doom's arrogance to him, against him, then yeah, it, it, it's a possibility. But yeah. like that would be your only ditch attempt, son. Like you're yeah. you're not getting it otherwise. It's just It's just not gonna happen. No. Alright, so this brings us to match seven, our final match of the night. Is I say co main event, but it's pretty much the main event. And you can see there we've got a slightly different thing. We've got the tail of the tape for Thor and Wonder Woman. This is a tail of the tape made up by our very own Nitro. Thank you for making that up for us, bro. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I need to actually bring it up myself so I can see it because I can't see it on my Streamlabs. So I, I can run down it because I have it up. Yeah, if you've screen. got it up, run down it because like I went to read it off Streamlabs. I'm like, I can't read that. It's a tiny picture. I need to pull. And it please down. correct correct me if I'm wrong if I say anything incorrect. Um, so both of these both of these um, warriors are demigods basically. Um, Thor is the is the god of thunder, and Wonder Woman is the child of Zeus basically. Um. They, uh, so let's take a look at Wonder Woman real quick. So I think in her current incarnation, she's inherited powers from basically the entire Greek pantheon, uh, different powers from each god. Uh, she has superhuman strength, speed, and endurance. Um, she has a lasso of truth, obviously. And again, depending on which incarnation, she has the god-killer sword as well. Um, she's obviously a skilled fighter. I believe she has the gift of flight, and she's near she's, she has near invulnerability. Uh, on, did you have anything to add for her? Not really. I think you've kind of had everything in there for that cool. one. You know, it's like, yeah, because that was that was my big thing for this fight was God versus Demigod. I thought, yeah, this would be a big fight. Yeah. So for Thor, uh, um, he can, oh, also he, as well, I don't know if we're including it, but is, are we including her as the God of War in this fight or just as daughter of Zeus? Oh, that's a good question. Because I wasn't sure I don't which one we were going to go for. Because technically, if you go by the Brian Azzarello run, she does become God of War. She takes over from Ares. Okay. All right. So, what's the difference between her as normal Wonder Woman and then God of War? Like, what uh, alternative powers does she have? None that I'm aware of, really. Like, okay. I think it's just the ability to instill, like, you know, war-bearing thoughts. But even then, she tries to be peaceful. Okay. I, I don't know if she gets. Personally, I don't know from this one if she gets a power up from like being a god over a demigod because technically Got it's still it. her. Kind of like when what's his face like Kratos and God of War takes over from Ares. Yeah, it doesn't really change his power. He's just now he's a god of war. Okay, maybe just yeah. Fact, let's do let's maybe do just the fact that sounds cooler saying God of Thunder versus God of War. Let's do Wonder Woman, God of War. How about that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it sounds right. cooler. Yeah. All right, and then Thor. Obviously, he's the son of Odin. He's the god of thunder. He's a skilled combatant. Um, he's fought in many wars. He's near invulnerable. He can master thunder and lightning. He has obviously Mjolnir uh, and superhuman strength, speed, and endurance. So um, I, I've tried to find weaknesses for, for both of them as well. I think Thor, um, he has a particular weakness against magical weaponry mm -hmm. from what I, what I hear. And also if he doesn't have his hammer, 
that's that's a huge loss for him. Um, obviously, in order to pick up the hammer, you have to be worthy. Um, and for Wonder Woman, I think she again it depends on who's writing her, but just on the surface, any type of piercing weapon, I think um, her own lasso can be used against her. Um, and my also what I read is if you break her lasso or her sword, it strips her of her of her powers, and she ages very rapidly. That's what I read at least. I could be way off, but all right. Anything else, Dad? No, yeah, I've not heard that one about it aging and rapidly and losing her power. That'd be interesting. No. Um. No, I think that's pretty much mostly it. Yeah. So we've got Thor, son of Odin, obviously the Norse god, and then Wonder Woman, daughter of Zeus and Hippolyta. I can never say that name correctly. The yeah. The queen of the Amazons. Um, obviously from the Greek pantheon Sora's pulling Thor in this one from the yeah. looks of it he's going Thor <sighs> I'm going to have to go with Thor too man this one I was I was going back and forth on this one um, I, I just think Thor is just ridiculously powerful yeah um, and that his, his Mjolnir is just ridiculous yeah it's powerful but then again we can't feel like the fact that Wonder Woman has basically gone blow to blow with Superman and plenty of the Greek gods as well yeah she's fought a number of the Greek gods obviously Ares being the major one that's kind of been an ongoing enemy for her and she has come to blows with a number of them yeah and she's fought Superman who technically most people would say is stronger than Thor is and she at least Mm -hmm. held her own against him yeah All right, I guess it, there, it just depends on a couple different things. So, uh-huh. is does Thor lose his hammer? And if he does, is Diana able to lift it? Ooh. That's a question. That's, so, like a, that's not a question. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> like, can, right, Diana, yeah, so, yeah, can so, Wonder Woman let, lift Thor's hammer? Like, that's a whole other podcast, chat. dude. Let's hear it in the chat. Is Diana worthy of Mjolnir? <laughs> <laughs> all right but um yeah so i guess it really depends on a couple different things so does he lose his hammer at all and is he able to to take away her weapons sora says not at all <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna have to go with thor on this one i don't think there's any way like if he didn't have mjolnir i think it'd be more of a fight but i think with mjolnir i, I just think I don't. I don't know. I don't see her winning. Um, I think it would be a long, drawn-out fight. But I don't know. I just don't see her winning on this. It's honestly a tough one to call. I'm honestly struggling to call this one. <sighs> Part of me wants to say Wonder Woman. But I think, yeah, probably Mjolnir would make a difference. I think it could be Thor. Yeah. I'll concede Thor on that one because I honestly don't know. I'm literally, like, looking at both of them like, I don't know. It would be a bruiser of a fight, man. It would be a heck of a fight. Like, I, I'll go with Thor. I'll, I'll give you Thor on that one. I'll... Yeah, technically, she was made out of clay and not a person. Oh, that's a good point. Connection to Hades and a crew. Ooh, Ad said this is a tough no vote for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah sort of we're not using that version of Wonder Woman we're going with the Brian Azzarello run where she was considered the demigod 
and before they decided hey all of her background makes sense now and <laughs> um, so literally going like demigod wonder woman yeah i got to go thor i think thor would take it yeah because i think um so when they did the amount or not the amalgam when they did marvel versus dc i believe superman picked up mjolnir didn't yeah, he yeah yeah he picked yeah. up mjolnir so i would i would think if Superman was able to do it. Diana would be able to do it. But let's just assume that she's not able to do it. Yeah. If she's I, not able to do it, then Thor would just destroy. Her. I think Thor would Thor would win. I don't know if he would destroy her, but he would win. Yeah, I think Thor could probably pull it off. Or we'll not go into the whole thing if she can lift the hammer or not. That's a whole lot of discussion. <laughs> like, what characters can lift the hammer? I'm like, that's a yeah. That's a geek out in itself. Yeah, it is. But so and that brings us to the end of our first square goal. This was a lot of fun, man. This was this fun. Awesome. I think we definitely need to do this again. It's like honestly we might need to do a shorter card so we can talk about stuff a bit more in depth yeah like seven, i agree seven matches i was like yeah we don't actually have a mass amount of time for that we're already way over what we usually expect to go yeah thanks for hanging out everybody yeah we thanks did. everyone for being here what did you think of our first inaugural superheroes um, square goal would you love to see us do another one is there any fights that you would love to see throw them into chats messages on social media throw it into our discord and we'll definitely check those out um definitely keep an eye on our social media as we set up how we're going to do the giveaway for that piece of artwork that we threw up let me just throw that up again the piece of artwork from nitro an anime one so we have discussed superman versus goku yeah um, we're, we're honestly talking about that for this one so superman not 100 percent sure maybe our maybe our main event for the next one yeah. um, but our giveaway we're doing is going to be a piece like this from nitro this is only part of it he's going to be doing a whole bunch of batman busts um, I think he said about 20 or 30 or so Batman bus on a fairly good size. Yeah, it'll um, be a 16 by 20. It'll be 30, 30 different Batmans. 30 different Batman. Um, so if you want to keep an eye out for a chance to win that, just keep an eye on our social media and be here on the show. Um, and we'll definitely show you that. Um, so big announcements for our next couple of weeks. We actually have some really big shows. Um, thank you so much for everyone who tuned in last week for Lewis Southerd talking about Villain Seeking Hero, one of the most fun episodes we've done so far. It was such a blast getting to talk to Lewis. Um, yeah, I think we both awesome. thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and most of you guys seem to enjoy it as well. We got like a bunch of viewers. Like, I think it was one of our highest, probably our highest viewed show to that point. Um, so we have some more guests that are going to be coming on the show, which I'm so excited about. Um, next week we've got Philip, the owner of Richmond Comics, our local comic book store that's not too far from us, um, is going to be on the show just to talk about the how the current climate is affecting local comic book stores. You know, we're like two months into the quarantine. Um, mm -hmm. We are here in Richmond, obviously, um, but we're two months into the quarantine um, and how it's affected comic book stores. And also to talk to him about some of the stuff that I've seen him doing online and putting in place to try and help build business and try and help the comic book stores keep going and then how things are going to change going forward as the stores are starting to reopen we're starting to get yeah. more new books and so i think that's going to be a really interesting conversation just with everything that's going on with covid19 and i think it's just a really cool idea to be reaching out and connecting with a comic book store i'm glad they, they reached back out to us yeah it's going to be awesome um and then also for two weeks time and following that we are actually going to have we're going to have at least one of them but i don't know if we're going to have any more um, our friends the infinity bros who you may have heard us talking about a lot online and social media last week they did a, a 24 hour charity stream where they were trying to raise a thousand dollars for uh, for ronald mcdonald house and they actually raised eighteen hundred dollars 
and um, which is pretty freaking insane yeah and so we decided we were going to do a conversation talking about phase one of the mcu and a mcu retrospective um, and we thought what a better way to do a crossover with some great guys and um, so we know that isaac from the infinity bros is definitely going to be with us in two weeks awesome um, and he's reaching out to the rest of them to see who's available for it obviously they're all, all their schedules kind of vary and differ um, but definitely go and check them out check out their youtube channel their twitch channel check out their um, podcast on itunes and spotify the infinity bros and they're absolutely great guys you will not be disappointed with them so we've got some big guests coming up the next couple of weeks yeah, it'll so, be awesome, man. I'm excited. Definitely make sure to check that out, everyone. But yeah, apart from that, I think that's everything, all of our big announcements. This was awesome, Cross. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, this was a really good show, so I'm definitely um, I'm excited for next week and excited where we go, but I really had fun doing this and doing the, yeah. the square go. We definitely got to schedule the next one. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll definitely look at setting up the next one. Um, so yeah, definitely get to us on social media or on Discord and let us know what you think about what fights you would like to see who do you think would be great matches um, and if you're interested in the Superman Goku fight as the main event is that something you all would be interested in we could definitely do that um, but I think that's it from us this week guys thank you so much for tuning in thank you for being part of this thank you for Thanks, everybody. continually popping in to see us ramble and talk about comics we really appreciate it and like I said remember you can also support the channel through various means subscribing, patreon, buying merchandise and go ahead and check that stuff out if you've got the spare cash we would absolutely appreciate it yeah but all of you have an amazing week and we will see you next sunday see you guys thanks for stopping by take care guys